Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. I'm Trevor. I'm Jake. And we're like John Baker and Frank Ponch Poncherello. Oh, oh man. Uh, are they cops? They are. Oh, oh man. Are is it? Uh, oh, ooh, ooh. Uh, Miami Vice. Nope. Dang it. I don't know. Chips. Oh man, I should have. We just watched that movie too. I'm super proud of you, though. I didn't think you were going to have any idea. <laughs> I was right there. Prior, just so everybody knows, prior to the podcast, Trevor says, I don't think he's that cultured. Not cultured enough in old television. <laughs> Dude, that's all we used to watch, man. My parents weren't big chips fans, though. They were more of a Miami Vice. Uh, lo- what about, like, MASH? Yeah, a little bit of MASH. Not a lot, though. MacGyver? Yeah, my, my dad loved MacGyver. I wish you would have named you MacGyver. This would have been a cooler podcast. <laughs> I'm Trevor, I'm MacGyver. and I'm MacGyver. I'm MacGyver. I literally just wired in an elevator with a machine gun attached <laughs> to it like 30 seconds before the podcast. Yeah, and the only thing you had to use was gun. Yeah, it's exactly it. Well, uh, we're here to wrap up the 2018 season for the Washington Huskies. Kind of a weird year, I would have to say. A lot of ups and downs, some really, really highs when it comes to especially the defensive side of the ball, and some really, really frustrating times. So, Jake, why don't you just kind of give your two cents about the season as a whole? Well, I think you just hit it on the head. I think the the roller coaster ride of 2018 was, uh, it was one of the more interesting years I can remember as far as as far as fans the frustrations leading into you know losing to Auburn uh dropping that game against Oregon that you should have won I'm not going to say we should have beat Auburn we could have beat Auburn but you should have beat Oregon and you should have beat Cal and the frustrations through those losses piling up with the benching of Jake and then you go out and you still end up winning the Pac-12 North, which ending the season with an Apple Cup win in Pullman is always one of the highs of highs. And it's my favorite win of the year, every year. Every every time we beat Wazoo, it's my favorite one of the year. And I think, honestly, I think we got lucky we played Utah in the, in the Pac-12 championship because there, I think there was three North teams better than them. Ooh, I, don't know. I do, man. I really do. They were they were rolling before they uh, before the pack. I mean, did you see what they did in their bowl game? You know. Yeah, I mean that uh, Shelly. Yeah. he's not ready to compete on a on a big no. stage, which and, the Pac-12 championship. And that's was, why I think that but... we got lucky that we played them. I I would have rather played Shelly with Utah than Herbert with Oregon, or give Mustache another shot at us. You know, I. I I don't know. I still think we're taking care of Washington State. The uh, Oregon, of course, would make me nervous because they did beat us really on the ground. And then, you know, it just came down to a kick. I totally agree with you. So, you know, the season, it, it was frustrating at times. But at other times, I love that we made the Rose Bowl. I loved watching that game, regardless of the performance in the first half, being there is huge for this program and it puts us in the right direction yeah how was it watching it with uh matt sucked um i mean he was texting you in the middle of it and i don't think they were real nice text yeah he sent me a a gif of urban meyer pointing right into my soul (laughs) he did too which is impressive he could find the soul since he doesn't have exactly he's like he's half ginger (laughs) (laughs) shout out to all my red yeah i mean that first half with i think there was like eight buckeyes there that was that was hurty that one hurt and then uh and then you know the second half rolls around and and we're getting stops on defense and the room's getting a little quieter and you know i didn't start chirping because we were in a big enough deficit that i didn't even think that we'd make a game of it turns out we did yeah but uh, that last onside kick, I was like, where you at, Matt? 
<laughs> Where'd you go? Yeah. You know. Yeah, bringing it down to relying on the foot of Peyton Henry on a field goal, not even talking about trying to, you know, put a put a ball up for grabs. You're not going to win that battle many times. I got to say that this year was was it, it was a it was it was a hard year sometimes to watch Washington. Um some of the games just it was such a grind to get anything accomplished where a lot of these games they their offense didn't look good outside of Miles Gaskin the team didn't they they didn't put anybody away they they were close in almost every game they won ugly a lot they lost ugly a couple times and then you look at the final scores and the four games that they lost they lost by 5 points or less yeah. in all yeah. of them and that's somebody said it best when they said that it's kind of a year of what could have been you know a, a break here or a a, a drop a, a dropped pass turned into a reception there or jake hitting an open guy or you know this or that or making a kick at the end of regulation you're looking at a team that could be in a better position uh at the end of the day though the pac 12 carnivorized itself in a way uh cannibalized itself in a way that we still were able or they were still able to achieve their goal of getting to a Rose Bowl and winning the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean that's it's going to happen as long as the Rose Bowl's not in the national, right? The Pac-12 will have a representative in the Rose Bowl. Well, yeah, and the, regardless of whether or not the Rose Bowl was going to be there, they were going to be because they won the Pac-12 championship and they were the Pac-12 champion. They were going to be at a New Year's Six Bowl regardless of the what problem it was. is. I'm personally really glad it was the Rose me, Bowl. Me too, but the problem with your your argument, though, is the Pac-12 cannibalized itself and yet again could not put a Pac-12 team in the the college football playoff no and after you know watching the games everything is done we're recording this after the national championship i think they had three of the four teams right i think that notre dame probably shouldn't have been in there and really ohio state had a really good uh opportunity to be that fourth team i think no matter who you put in that that spot whether it's notre dame or ohio state they take an ass whooping from clemson i mean Clemson showed that during the regular season, they're just messing around. Yeah, like, it literally... I, I don't care that Notre Dame was there because, honestly, I loved watching them get beat up as much as I loved watching Alabama <laughs> get beat up. Yeah, it was it was pretty... As, as two people that really don't like Notre Dame for a myriad of reasons, it was really nice to see... Uh, them get dominated on a national stage. Again. I mean, and and could you could you pick a bet? I mean, other than the Huskies, obviously, could you pick a better team in college football to do that? N- Nick Saban is such you know, a polarizing figure. He's so easy to dislike because he yeah. just has no personality. Everything is work, work, he's work. A yeah, he's a he, he. That's the perfect word. He is a curmudgeon. And to watch Dabo Sweeney. Mr. Hum, Mr. Humble, Mr. Mr. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Stay positive. You know, I love my guys. I love. You know, we're gonna party together tonight. And 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 you know, small Clemson to go out there and just lay the wood is fantastic. Yeah, it's it was it was a breath of fresh air to see Alabama lose. Um, I actually, I can't remember if I posted it on, I think I posted it on Instagram that I, at one point I said basically like, can Clemson just lose so we can stop pretending they're one of the top two, four teams in the country? Post or whatever I did looked really bad because they dominated yeah. when it counted. Yeah. I mean, they they really, what was their toughest game? Syracuse when um, Trevor Lawrence was injured. Yeah. Everything else, I mean, they, they just dominated and... In the ACC championship, it wasn't a game. The semifinal wasn't a game. And really, after, the, what, the first quarter, that uh, championship was not a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was 14-13. And then uh, next thing you know, it was, it was, what was it, 31-13 at half? Or 31-16 at uh, half? 16, yeah. yeah. You know, and that all happened in the second quarter. It is so crazy, you know. 
Alabama was moving the ball and I didn't think that Clemson was going to be able to uh, keep them at bay when they weren't uh, Clemson stalled out on a couple of drives and I'm thinking oh you know two is going to march them down and they're going to score and the game's going to be over there was like a third and one and, or a second and one or something really close to the goal line and they had that false start and everything from there just seemed to like snowball on Alabama you, you know what I thought was really impressive was the first drive Bama had the ball uh, Tua throws that pick six and mm-hmm. the next drive Tua drives Alabama down and scores a touchdown how many times this year have you seen that where Alabama comes back and scores on you and that team folds that they're playing oh yeah the game's next over next thing you know it's a tie ball game and then their offense goes out against that defense, stalls out, and Bama's back down the field and scores again. Instead, what are the three teams? Uh, just, instead, Clemson did to Alabama what Alabama did to everybody else this year, and they punched them in the mouth, and Bama folded. Top three teams, uh, best three performances against Alabama were who? This year? Uh, I'm not going to say Oklahoma. It's got to be, man, that's tough. I don't know. Well, Clemson. Well, yeah. Georgia. Okay, where, yeah, they should have won. And the Citadel. <laughs> How many snaps did Tua play in that game? Like four? He he played a good amount. I mean, they were down if for it a wasn't while. For the Citadel, yeah, if it wasn't for the Citadel, they had like a, a no score November going, and then Citadel Twitter went off when they scored and was like, it's not that hard to score. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Uh, Georgia did yes. the same thing against Bama two years in a row, got out to a big lead, and then. And then tried to sit on it. it away. And yeah, just yeah. you know, what are you doing? Yeah, and you know, Georgia. I, I'm not a big fan of Georgia for you know they they. I didn't like that they were able to get Eason when he was in high school. I really didn't like it when they lost to Alabama and cried and bitched and moaned and was trying to get into the playoff. You know, trying to make a case they deserve in the playoff as well. To go out and just get trounced by uh, Texas by the Longhorns yeah. was was a was a really fun thing to watch. Welcome. Did you see? Did you see their their Brahma chase down the bulldog? Oh, he wasn't happy. <laughs> did you hear the announcers? Oh, oh, oh! It was awesome. I tell you what. And and I, I just I, I would love to just watch Paul Feinbaum watch that game. But like, well, well, it's because, it, well, Georgia didn't want to beat them. Yeah, Georgia didn't want to play. Which, in yeah, every year previous to this year, any team that got shafted by not ba- making the college football playoff went out and made a point and proved that they should have been in. Ohio State this year, they went out and, and played yep. awesome. Ge- Georgia just <laughs> For three quarters. Yeah, yeah exactly. Georgia just didn't belong. Yeah, and it was, you know, it's funny. SEC wins every single goal, bowl game except for the ones they don't <laughs> want to. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Was- All right, that's enough about the national <laughs> uh, national stuff. Yeah, I agree. Let's get back to the Rose Bowl. So, Washington again on the big stage just cannot get it together in the first half. Yeah, you know. Um, it, it's just such a frustrating thing to come – watch them come out so flat the defense didn't look great uh the offense was awful um in the first quarter in the first half i think miles touched the ball eight times i mean that is not what you want to see jake browning i know in the end he he had to throw a little bit uh even though in that in the fourth quarter they were giving the ball to miles a lot he he threw 54 times when was the, the only other time i can remember him throwing that many passes was uh, in the loss to USC. He threw the ball way too much. Yeah. The The defense get, got gashed a little bit. It hurt not having Taylor Rapp back there. Um, McKinney looked a little bit slow. I think he's going to be a really good player. It hurt not having... That's a tough first start. The, well, yeah, and it's really hard to come in and replace one of the I don't, one of the top three safeties in the in the nation. Yeah. That's a tough bill. Um, and then uh, at the end of the half, that that putrid drive that uh, I think it ended up being a three and out. Yeah. They punt short. Haskins kills him. And Haskins, yep. And and that really 
made that comeback a lot harder. Yeah. So the first half was just, it, I was not a happy It guy. was abysmal, man. It, it hurt to watch. It really, really did. As a Husky fan, what? you're sitting there. It hurt so bad. They played better against a better Alabama team two years ago. And I don't necessarily believe that this team was worse than the one two years ago. Maybe a little bit, but... <laughs> I'd take the two, 2016 team head, head, um, over Head and shoulders? Uh, I would have to go position by position, but I think almost every position group has been Better. upgraded, yeah. except maybe the running back position. Wide receiver? Uh, I, I mean, every position was better in 26 that year cornerback yeah quarterback uh, sophomore Jake oh, no 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 corner yeah cornerbacks I, I, now I, are better than the 2016s are you sure i mean yeah oh i don't know that's sid jones and uh kevin king those two you know i love jordan miller and, and so i you know you look at i think byron murphy uh, is probably better than sid jones but i would probably take kev king over um Jordan Miller. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's yeah, but the our difference. Depth this year, I think, is better. Those two were yeah. good. I mean, but that's, you also... that's 16. You had Taylor Rapp and Buda Baker. Yeah, but you have Keith Jackson now, who's played. Who... Keith Taylor. So, yeah, Keith Taylor, like I said. I mean, the depth at cornerback is so much better now, I think. Yeah, you think Miles Bryant. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a loaded room. Yeah, Miles. I mean, how could I forget him? Dude, dude balled out. He was like the only one that balled out in the Rose Bowl in the first half. He was making some tackles. He was making some tackles, man. Yeah. Where do you put... So, Chris Peterson took the blame for the slow start again. Um, what What do you job. think he can do differently? What's that? That's his job. Yeah. I, and But I agree with him. His teams are starting slow, so slow in these games. They try to limp to halftime and they make adjustments why aren't we why aren't they doing things in the beginning of the game to at least mitigate those a little bit to where the team isn't having to fight back from so far down i don't know i mean probably conservative play call would be my imagine it would be my thought you go out there with some pretty vanilla play calls and tell your guys if you execute this will work <laughs> turns out the other team's probably more talented than you and oh and that was evident you know so just execution on vanilla play calls isn't going to work against a team like Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson. You need to, and he even said it after the game that they're going to break the playbook down and they're going to re, you know, look at every everything. They're going to break it down, simplify it, and then build back up. Well, and I mean, one of those voices is gone. Matt Lubick resigned or was asked to step down. It's we're, you know, it's not really clear, but he is no longer the co-offensive coordinator. Um, that means that they're going to be looking for another wide receiver coach. I think a really big reason why is he uh, had a pretty bad recruiting cycle this time. Um, he, uh, other than, uh, I'm really having a hard time thinking of any other big-time recruit that he's been able to bring in uh, other than Colson Yankoff. Yeah. Um, because Osborne and Spiker, they were Hamden guys. Uh, and then he whiffed on some big-time talent who was looking at Washington. Yeah. Uh, both Brew McCoy <clears throat> and Kyle Ford both chose to go down to USC, which is a whole other can of worms that we'll get into later. So one of those offensive voices is gone. Uh, there has to be a change, you hear, uh, of course. You hear who, you, did ahead. you hear who wants the job? Uh, I've heard a couple of names. Mario Bailey. I've heard. Oh, did he say he wanted Mario it? Mario Bailey said he wanted the job. Well, that's, that's uh, awesome. It is awesome. Um, it, it would be really cool. I don't know if uh, I, I, I see some other guys out there that might probably tickle the ears a little bit more of Husky yeah. fans. Uh, there's a kid named Marcus that's coaching down in California right I mean, now that I would that love would, to see back up here. That would be great. I could dig it. I'd like Mario Bailey yeah. too. Yeah, you know, I, I, has he done any coaching? That's the one question that I have about a Mario Bailey coming. Yeah. Because I mean, he uh, could just I mean he could just Heisman pose all over the place on Desmond. <laughs> oh man, if he got hired, Desmond would like poop his pants. Ah, <laughs> oh, I gotta see this guy again. I hate that guy. <laughs> but you know, um, Kirby Moore is another name. I really hope they don't go that route. I'd like to see them go with a guy that either has more ties to Washington 
or somebody who's going to be um, a big time recruiter. And uh, Kyle, uh, Kirby Moore has, I think he was, he was a grad assistant at Washington for a couple years. And uh, I think he's one year in a job where he's at now. So um, I'm not sure, but you know, back kind of back to the Rose bowl uh, second half. Uh, they, they looked a lot better. I mean, miles Gaskin, what else can you say about that guy? He threw for a touchdown, he ran for a touchdown, and he had a receiving touchdown. That guy will uh, always be my favorite running back. Uh, um, you said that about the last four running backs at Washington. Shut up, Trev. No, no, Shut no, 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 up, no, 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 Trev. My favorite has been Chris Polk for a long you time. You loved Chris Polk, and then you loved Bishop Sankey, and then you loved everybody else since then. Hold on. Don't. <laughs> No, there's a difference between no, 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 no. There's a difference between loving them, which I do, and thinking they're my favorite. I loved all of those guys. Chris Polk was absolutely my favorite. You you love guys that bumble away Alamo Bowls. I love guys that turn programs around. That was Jake Locker. Oh God. Okay, back into the second half. (laughs) No, you know you piss me off. (laughs) That's fine. Um, I don't care. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Offensively, Jake Browning looked like a different quarterback, really, in the fourth quarter. Too little, too late. Yeah, too little, too late. They come up five points short. They rely on Peyton Henry trying to get an onside kick, which even the best kickers struggle to do on a um, any sort of consistent basis. It sucks. Um, did Did you see why Jake Browning looked so good in the in that fourth quarter? You know, he he missed some throws, but also his receivers did him no favors in this game. No, Ty Jones dropping that ball across the middle hurt. That was a poor it time. Did. That was a poor time drop ball. Yep. Uh, Fuller had a drop, and uh, it just it seemed like there was some really, really bad drops at some really oh, inopportune times. But wasn't it so frustrating? I mean, even when the Huskies started rolling and Jake Browning started rolling, weren't you so frustrated watching Jake rolling, though? Because I know I was as a fan. Where has this been for the last three quarters? Why couldn't yeah, you hit a single receiver? To, he that goes to coach. There was a, no, it doesn't because he had. Are you talking? Am I talking what? Are you talking just Jake not looking good, or are you talking about the team being no, flat? no Jake not Jake can't hit a receiver. There was a third and like five or something like that, and it was oh, it was yeah. a quick slant, and Jake missed yeah. him by like three and a half yards. Like, yeah. what do you, what, dude? You are a four-year starter. You've broken every record, and you missed on a six-yard slant. Did you see they panned over to Peterson right after? Yeah, he played. I mean, he was <laughs> he animated. was pissed. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to make those throws. I, I put it at the feet of uh, of the receivers as well because some some balls were Absolutely. super catchable and they dropped totally. Them. So. It's frustrating. That that's kind of uh, that's kind of been the last two years of of the Browning era is like loving him at one second, being so frustrated in this in the next. Yeah. Um, and and that fourth quarter, uh, uh, as a human being, I'm glad that he had that fourth quarter to go out like that. He needed it because <laughs> fans were. I don't know how many times I heard from. I'm not going to name names, but somebody I know wanting Jake to get bench at half. And somebody I know? Yes. I think I know who it was. <laughs> name your name. Kev. Yeah. So, and I couldn't argue with them is the thing. I couldn't say no, you're wrong because with how bad Jake was playing and the whole team, but who do you put in? There's nobody that yeah, you don't have You don't have anybody. <laughs> You can't you can't throw one of the freshmen in. You you can't throw Hayner and he's proven that he can't do it either. So you had to ride through it. And it was nice to see him <laughs> go out with a valiant effort. I will say that. Yeah. And you're not gonna Jake Browning, there is no way Jake Browning's coming out of that game as a four year starter. They they're gonna roll with him and we're just gonna see what happens. And really, you know, three quarters isn't gonna define his legacy. It's gonna be. It would leave a really sour taste in in play in people's mouths, but we would get over that and and see what kind of a quarterback he was. Now, nope. okay. Now, speaking of Jake's legacy, what do you believe his legacy at the UW is? Do you believe that he's an all-time great? Do you believe that he did his job? He was serviceable. He was a game manager, 
And with that, what is your favorite Jake memory? <clears throat> well, let's take that bit by bit. The first question was, what, like, do I do I say he's one of the all-time what is his, great What is his legacy at the UW? Um, I, I I hate to have other people speak for me, but with that being said, I thought Brock Heward said it really, really well uh, when he said that, you know, is Jake a a national championship quarterback no will he will he win you a big game no but is he the quarterback that brings you back to national relevance and yes and is he a tough is he a tough player yes that's what he is he 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 took the program to heights it hasn't been to in years uh so he i would put him in the second tier of all-time great quarterbacks he's not in the top tier that's very elite company um i put him on the same tier with a jake locker and maybe at the bottom of that tier i'd put like a keith price but when i think of the all-time great and you know i it's hard for me to really quantify some of those guys because i didn't really see them but like a where would you put like a Brock Heward? Would you put him in that upper I would put, upper echelon? I would pro- put Brock Heward as an upper echelon quarterback. Okay, so but, I have about five upper echelon guys that I think of when I think of the best of the best. How about Co- Cody Pickett? I, I think he's he's a version of Cody Pickett. He's he's in that second tier. With I, I think that's the most comparable one. I know they don't have the same arm strength, the same skill set, but I think they did. Uh, that's kind of where I see him. What was Cody Pickett's best bowl game in Apple Cup? Or not in the Apple Cup, uh, Holiday Bowl? Something like that. I, I just think of the, the numbers. Okay. Because they both put up really big numbers. Sure. Um, when I think of like the top, top guys, you think Warren Moon, Marcus Tuiasasopo are really the top two. Billy Joe Hobart. Um, See, I know a lot of fans I put, don't like him, but he was really good I, that uh, in that national championship year. Yeah, I like Billy Joe, but I don't even put him with Brock Heward or or maybe even Cody Pickett. Maybe because the the exposure, maybe that's maybe that's why I like them more than I like Billy Joe because I watched well, I watched a lot of Billy Joe, but I was also really young when I watched Billy Joe. So right, I got a lot of exposure. Kinda, that's why to, it's kind of hard to quantify. Yeah, but then you have the the both Heward kids, uh, or not, it's hard to call them kids when we're, they're way older than us. But <laughs> they're not both. They're the not brothers, way older the, than us. The Heward brothers. How about that? Yeah. Mark, Mark Brunel. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hugh Millen, guys like Hugh, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sonny Six Killer. I think he's right. What about what about Sonny Six Killer? So you got to put him up. How, in, I. I I like I like history, but what seventy six killer played in the in the late sixties? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, he played for uh, Jim Owens. Yeah. So I, I my my memory bank doesn't go back yeah. that far. So yeah, so I, I put him in that second tier. Okay. I mean, right. that that's a really long way to say he's a second tier quarterback in um, in Husky football. Sure. Um, my favorite play you've tainted me because you already told me yours, so I'm not even going to bother talking. About <laughs> okay. It. So you just so, no favorite play. How, what about you? So that was a super long-winded answer from me, where I kind of meandered. Sure. But I. Uh, how about you? Give Give me your best. Show. I. I mean, you kind of took my answer. Where is he an NFL quarterback? No. Is he the quarterback that will be remembered as the greatest of UW history? No. Um. But what I want people to understand is what we were before Jake got here from, yeah. from 2004, listen to these records from 2004 until this year, we went one and 10, two and nine, five and seven, four, nine, oh, and 12, five and seven, seven and six, seven and six, seven and six, nine and four, eight and six, seven and six. And then, and that was Jake's freshman year, His freshman year. And then we went 12 and two, 10 and three, <coughs> And ten and four, his last three seasons here. Now that is a bunch of horrible seasons and a, even more mediocre seasons, followed up by three really good seasons since two thousand and four. And what I want people to understand is that Jake might not be the most talented quarterback ever, and at times he could be really frustrating. 
but he has brought this program back to where it needs to be and should be because of where we've been in the past. And he, yep. along with Coach Peterson and Miles Gaskin, has they have single-handedly brought this program back to the front running of the Pac-12. And I cannot stress that enough. For all the Jake haters out there, look at the records, look at what he's done for this program, and appreciate the fact that he has brought us back to relevancy. Right. And, you know, you could say that with with Eason there this year, they don't lose some of those games. And really, I don't, I don't really care to have that conversation because he's not there, he wasn't there, and he wasn't available. Um, so, you know, for, for Jake Browning, you know, I just, you know, it's just a big thank you. Like you, 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 I think he played to his potential. Um, and I think that he, uh, he goes out a winner. Um, you know, another, the really big piece of this, you know, you can't talk about Jake Browning without talking about Miles Gaskin and Miles Gaskin, I, in an interview, he said he didn't want to go to Washington. He wanted to go to Arizona state or Notre Dame. Um, coming from O'Day and his parents made him go to uh, go to the University of Washington and you know he doesn't regret it now you know this is where he made his home here he made a huge name for himself here and he's a transcendent player that will it will go down as a top tier running back in Washington history um, in my opinion he's he's the best and you can't argue that yeah I mean I think that the, the way that he came in, I mean, how many fumbles did he lose in his career? Three. Is it that many? I think maybe. I don't. I don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head that he lost. I, his freshman year, I don't think he had a single fumble. Um, he came in as a freshman, as a three-star athlete, not a very tall kid, not a very big kid, and the, he had elite vision coming out of high school yeah. the defense was amazing that usc win was one of my was absolutely my favorite win of their freshman year the way that he refused to give the ball back to usc was the reason why they won that game i mean the, the kid just I, I will we will definitely miss having miles gaskin in the backfield he, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to find words and adjectives to describe um, how much he meant to this program. Uh, dude, I mean, he's he's on the Mount Rushmore of maybe all-time UW greats. You know, you you, uh, you look at regardless of position, position. you you look up. Uh, <laughs> I, I think about it. You look up Steve Entman. Yeah. Okay, Warren Moon. Do you, or do you put Tui up there? I put Tui up there. <clears throat> yeah, and you're getting into generationals as well because people, our parents' age, will be like, "What are you talking about? Warren Moon was the best." <laughs> sure. So, um, and then I put I put him up there, man. I put Gaskins up there for what he's done for this program. You know, I don't put Jake up there. Um but I do appreciate what he's done for the program also, but I Gaskins is probably the best running back we have had yeah, ever. Yeah. Maybe not the most talented. I think Corey Dillon might've gotten him in talent wise, but Corey Dillon. He's here for one year. He, he couldn't pass a class. So, right. You know? Yeah. So, I, yeah, mean, I mean, do you, do you're you, not, he's obviously, I, up disagree, there. I don't disagree with you. He's obviously up there in the Mount Rushmore's of running backs at UW, but you got to think that he's up there for the Mount Rushmore of all-time UW players. I do. That's a bold statement, and uh, I'm going to roll with it because I freaking love Miles Gaskin. <laughs> so I'm, you're not going to get any argument out of me. So okay. that's good. Um, yeah. So and then the class, you know, this is the 2014-2015 class. Your 2014 class. They were redshirt freshmen in 2015, and then of course the true freshmen that played. What what is is their legacy any different than that of, of Jake um, as the class that 
really brought them back to a perennial top 10, top 15 team. You know, I actually give the class before these guys probably most of the credit with, uh, with um, like Kikaha and Azim, even Azim Vicker, even though he got benched for Ben Burr. Yeah. Um, those guys and... Now those were Sark guys. But still, I mean, those guys laid the foundation for the guys now. Avita Vea. You know, stuff because we were good, Shaq Thompson. We were good, and and we were able to get better because of those guys. So I will partially agree with you and push back a little bit. I think guys, especially like your Keyshawn Vieira's, Kevin King, um, those guys were Sark guys, but they bought in. I don't give Sark credit for where we're at. No, gosh, no. Um, he could recruit skill players. Um, they didn't develop well. Um, and, you know, it's kind of come out that he's not necessarily the, the best human being in the world. Um, not who you want representing the program, especially after having five years of Coach Pete. But those guys, especially, I, I really focus in on those two and Azim Victor. They... They might have been Sark recruits, but they became Peterson guys. Absolutely. And they bought into the system, and they did start it. Um, however, I think that the really important classes were were the 14-15 class. Because those guys, you look at up and down the roster of guys who um, are graduating this year, and these are, these are impact players on both sides of the ball. Um, you have... We've already mentioned the two in the backfield, but Ben Burkhurvin is a senior, Tevis Bartlett, uh, Andrew, uh, uh, and, not Andrew Miller, um, Jordan Miller Jordan on Miller, the outside, yeah. Jojo, uh, Ben Burkhurvin, Caleb McGarry, Greg Gaines, and Trey, Trey, Adams. Trey Adams is yeah. in that group. He's fortunately has another year of eligibility now. Um, even Even Chico to an extent. I mean, these guys are... Though that class, those classes changed. A Washington Vita Vea was in those classes. I mean, he those guys changed the way that Washington football it changed their trajectory in in recruiting and on the field. Yeah, I totally agree. I, Which I mean, it it's apples and oranges between the two. You know, it, it's kind of pick your pick your poison. Whether you believe that. The couple of classes before Chris Peterson got here that bought into his system or the guys that Peterson brought in to continue the success. Right. Um, and it comes down to two things. It's it's Chris Peterson as the common denominator. And, you know, that we're kind of reflecting on the seniors as they go out. So I, I want to give them the credit that I believe they deserve. Yeah. I, You know, and... I think what we're missing here is how would, I mean, we've already, it's kind of like, you can't say beating a dead horse anymore, uh, feeding a live horse anymore. Um, <laughs> Did you just pee me? <laughs> yeah, giving Jake and Miles credit where credit's due because without them, we were stuck with Siler Miles and some other running back that couldn't have done what those two did with the talent on the defensive side to go with it. You know what I mean? Right. Look at what Siler Miles did with the same exact defense a year before and then what Jake did with it two years after that. Right. You know, they, they transcend the program to where, it's, where we are today. So, yeah. you know, it, it, these guys going out the way making a Rose Bowl was absolutely huge for this program and for those guys you know oh, that, yeah. those guys that never made a Rose Bowl and now can say that they, that they did I mean, it's wonderful yeah and it was cool I mean that moment after the game had ended where uh, Jake Browning's walking off and uh, he ends up having a moment with Dante who you know deserves credit for where the program is now and you know they embrace for a while and then Miles and Jake kind of walk off into the sunset together. It was kind of one of those picture-perfect scenes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, you know, that's your 2018 season. Uh, 2018 season. It's it's one of those things where <clears throat> I remember in the summer of 20, I guess 2017, um, my wife was pregnant. So uh, in the summertime, after I got back from the farm, I couldn't go anywhere. So I rewatched a lot of this 2016 games, and I really enjoyed it because, you know, they were putting a hurting on guys and they just they looked so good um these 2018 games are really hard to rewatch because they're such grindy kind of games yeah absolutely yeah so you know uh we'll tie a bow on that and you know now we can sort of look to ahead to uh 2019 there's going to be some changes we've already kind of talked about on the in, in the coaching staff the team is going to look a lot different on uh, both sides of the ball. The defense, I mean, a lot of guys on the defense are moving on. A lot of really impactful guys. You're losing both linebackers. Um, you're losing Ben Burkirvan and Tevis Bartlett to graduation. Um, ben Burkirvan will be drafted at some point, or he will be signed by a team because of uh, what he can do on special teams. Uh, and, you know, we'll see if he can find his way into a rota- defensive rotation. Tevis Bartlett, I'm not really sure if he's an NFL guy. What do you think about those two? Uh, ben Burkirvan, the rumor has it is that there people are looking at him as a safety. Oh. Um, like, a, like a safety, like a... Like a strong like safety a, kind of guy? Like Yeah, like a Shaq Thompson kind of thing. Or like a, like a Cam Chancellor, like an oversized safety. Sure. Um, Tevis Bartlett, good career probably not going to go to the league right yeah and uh shout out to him he's i think he's graduating uh with his teaching degree so if you want a job in vancouver give me a call (laughs) trevor put in a good word yeah i know people who know people (laughs) so that are uh, actually important yeah yeah a lot more important (laughs) have a couple more zeros in their bank account than i do yeah uh-huh um, so then we got, you know, a, the, the defensive backfield is being decimated by uh, early early entry into the draft. Um, both Taylor Rapp and Byron Murphy have declared, which for both of them is the exact advice that I would give them if they asked me. Uh, yeah. Because those two are, I, I bet you by the end, they're both first round picks. Yeah, I think, I think Murphy is like the fourth ranked cornerback in raps like the second rate safety yeah so those guys i mean taylor Rapp led the team in in sacks he was a great tackler i didn't think that they were going to upgrade when buddha left and they absolutely did i mean taylor Rapp, he he is i mean you could tell that he was not on the field in the in the rose bowl yes um, lose a lot of defensive line. We lose, you know, my favorite player on, on the roster. We lose uh, Big Greg Gaines uh, and Josiah Bronson are, are both also gone. So there's a lot of holes to fill um, on the defensive side. But, you know, uh, the, the early signing period already took place. I just We decided not to talk about it until after the Rose Bowl because we really wanted to focus on this year before really getting into it. And we'll do another one after uh, the late signing period in February. They again, cleaned up on the defensive side of the ball uh, in recruiting, getting four of the top five uh, defensive tackle. Did I say that right? Three of the top four defensive tackles on the West coast are coming to Washington. Um, uh, The best corner in Trent McDuffie is coming um, eight four-star guys uh, already, uh, and a lot of them are on that defensive side of the ball. So, with the de- with the class they had last year plus this class, uh, there's nothing but good things coming for the University of Washington on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, you will not see a tired defensive line again for the next couple of years because we have. <laughs> absolutely retooled on D tackles and DMs, which is good because this year, I, I, I think that was the problem for this team is as good as Greg Gaines played that, you know, big boys get tired. He's a, you know, he's a and, large human being. Yeah. It, and, and there was no depth behind him and yeah. bringing in a, a Jacob Bandis to name one. Sam Paama. Yeah. You know, and isn't it Fatu Atelli. 
yeah, I, you know, the, the, some, the big guys that they're bringing in, it, it's, they're, they're really going to have some depth there. They got some really good skilled wide receivers last year that are redshirting this year that I think are going to make a big impact next year. Dude, this team's loaded, man. It, I don't know if you saw the um, early preseason AP ranking. I've seen a couple of them. I saw us at number nine. I don't know if you saw that. I saw them anywhere from about nine to like 16. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think that everybody everybody that I've seen has had Oregon ranked higher. Uh, Oregon is the top school in the Pac-12, Washington and Washington State behind. Um, <clears throat> uh, it's really easy to jump on the Oregon train if you're a national guy because – the NFL is in love with Justin Herbert, who didn't get better as the season went along. And then they had they had a really really good recruiting class, and and that's that's ranked uh, now after some of those five star guys that USC signed um, has vaulted them in front of Washington as well. <clears throat> um, but you know it's it's really hard as a national person to remember these classes that are being stacked at the university of Washington or at any university, to be honest with you, that Washington on the defensive line, uh, they did, they did not do well in, uh, at wide receiver. They got one guy this year. He's a three-star kid uh, who could end up being pretty good, but you forget about the threesome that they got last year and low Osborne and spiker uh, who will all be ready to go along with another year of maturation for the three or four guys ahead of them. Uh, and a guy who I think plays with more anticipation with Jake Browning and has a bigger arm. Yeah. Oh, way bigger. arm. I, I read something. Was it you telling me about the article that I ended up reading I don't with, know, maybe. Uh, regarding, regarding arm talent, top five arm talents in, in the world right now? Oh, yeah. Hugh Millen. Hugh Millen's, I can't remember the other, the top two, but he said the third, the third best arm in the world is uh, Jacob Eason. So yeah. ho- hopefully he's right, you know. That's unreal, dude. He's a, he's going to be a junior, you know, and he's got the third best arm talent in the world. He's going to be yeah, a redshirt well, sophomore. He says with the flick oh, of no, a wrist. Oh, no, he'll be can, a redshirt junior. Yeah. He says with the <laughs> flick of a wrist, he can throw it 45 yards downfield on a, on a dime. We'll take it. I will love it. Now, I read something in this article that put Washington at number nine, and it says, I just want to get some clarification from a teacher, okay? Okay. It says this, Washington is still the league's best team by a not insignificant margin. Is that a double (laughs) negative? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. The double negative equals a positive, right? So, I mean, yeah. If you take out those two negatives it's Washington is still the league's best team by a significant margin right isn't that what they're saying did he say he said <clears throat> not a significant by, margin by not insignificant margin so not yeah he's saying that sig- they're significantly more talented than every other team <laughs> that seems, why wouldn't you just say by a significant margin you need that number count, dude. You need you need a two double negative to man. Or somebody's reading the word count. To, you need the word count to get the editors off your back. That or somebody's got like super glass half empty persona going on. Man. I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's probably because they don't know the Pac-12 because none of those um, focus on the Pac-12 for in in some some ways a good reason because you know. <clears throat> This league has not been uh, up to par over the last few years. Yeah, could be. However, Washington is, I think, the exception. They showed that they can play on the big stage. Uh, it's just now, I think, with an upgrade. I think I'm not. I, I'm I'm worried about the safety positions, but I think that everywhere you're not gonna you're gonna either see an upgrade or or it's gonna stay the course. You know, everybody run, run. a lot a lot of the national guys are worried that they're not going to be able to replace the big names on the defensive side of the ball. And that's because they don't know the names that are coming at the beginning of the year. No one knew who drew, you know, the two that I look at are Joe Tryon and Levi on Wizzerike. Sure. By the end of the year, those two are stars. Sure. What about running back? I mean, I know you said how much you love miles, 
do you think that Ahmed and McGrew can carry that load? I, um, no. Uh, I don't think that. I, I think that we are going to miss Miles Gaskin and how patient and how uh, secure of a runner he was. I think that uh, Pleasant will see the ball a little bit. Uh, McGrew. McGrew looks good. I mean, he had, I think he had one carry in the, in the Rose Bowl and um, he looked good. Uh, and Savon has the opportunity to break one every time. Um, I would love to see him turn into a Reggie Bush where he's just, he can do anything at any time. Yeah. Um, and not, he already can, but I would just love to see him take that step to be uh, a, just as electric as as Reggie was in those early two thousands. I'd just like to see him be able to switch hands with the ball, so he can stiff arm somebody. Oh yeah, you know that's 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 kind of what I mean with ball security with with uh, the running backs is. I worry about that. Yeah. With him, because he he had you know he's going into his junior year and he still hasn't figured it. Well, out. I mean, I guess all we can do is wait and see. You know, like you said, the guy has flashes of brilliance. What I'm worried about is running between the tackles with him. Yeah. You know, because you can't every time he's on the field, you can't run an outside sweep with him. You know, teams are going to catch on to that, and and you can't run up the gut every time with McGrew. Yeah. You have to change things up and give teams a different look and can Savon do that enough with enough success to keep teams honest and another name to kind of keep in the back of your mind is Cameron Davis um, he's he's a four star kid out of Upland California uh, apparently he looks he pops off the screen with um, you know in high school tape you're always all the D1 players are going to look bigger and faster. Guys, apparently guys bounce off of him. And there's there's some chatter and some thought that he's going to be seeing the field right away. So, you know, if he ends up, that would be a great thing for him to come in and take that lion's share. He's six foot 187. So he's a little bit taller than Miles, but he's probably around the same. Uh, he's maybe a little bit heavier as well than when... Um, Miles came into the program, so we'll see. Um, it, it, that's the what, one position. What class is he? Uh, he's this year's class. Oh, okay. So, so he's he'll just be coming freshman. into school. Okay. Yeah. So, and I'm not sure whether he is in. If he's if he came in early, eight guys came in early. Uh, Dylan Morris being one of them. Uh, so you know he's he's a guy that that could see the field. What's great about having a quarterback who I heard some people say that, you know, we don't really know what Eason's going to be. Like we have a year of him playing in the SEC and playing at a high level. We know what he's going to be. He's going to be very, very good. Yeah. I, you know, I, I guess I'm kind of on the other side of that fence, Trev. I, I, I want to temper expect expectations of him. I don't want, what I don't want is people to be so down on Jake and ready for somebody new that they see Jacob Eason as the guy that is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I think well, he's a very he, he, he is the highest rated recruit out of high school that has ever came to the UW. Okay, he yeah. was he was the first over he was the first ranked quarterback out of high school and he was the third overall recruit. Okay. And that's that's fine and dandy, but let's not just hand him the crown. But he did it at a year uh, for a year at Georgia, and he, he was good. He he was good, and I think I'm not saying that I think he's not going to be great. I think he could be great. I just really want to see the kid play before we just hand him the crown. I don't want to I don't want to dub him the next great Jake. Okay, I just I. Let's give the kid a fighting chance. Let's not put the weight of the world on his shoulders. Hot take. He's going to be the best Jake that could come through Washington. I hate you for that. You hear it. You heard it here first on fourth and inches. I hate you for that. Uh, uh, so uh, there was a guy that posted uh, during the national championship that 
Husky fans should be excited because this guy is better than Trevor Lawrence. Um, <laughs> sign me up for that if that's true. If that's true, yeah. But that is the expectation that I'm talking about and the weight of the world. Let's not put, you know, let's just let the kid go out there and play, man. So here's what I'm going to say uh, where I will, I agree with you that we don't want, I, mm, I mean, I, I, you can't crown, obviously, objectively, you can't crown the kid until he's done anything. You literally but, just but, did. Just look at, <laughs> look at it though. He's coming to Washington where the hardest hitting questions he's going to get are from Dave Softy Mahler when he asks him, what is he going to be worried about when he puts his head on the pillow before a game at night? Yeah. Where at a press conference, you might have 15 people as a true freshman out of high school. He was starting games where football is life. Yeah. And Georgia foot in the state of Georgia, Georgia football is bigger than any other sport in that region. Sure. He, he has played with more pressure already than he will ever, ever. stop it. Yeah, sure. And that makes sense. I, so you're right. And he could, so I, I think he can handle that. Yeah, I think, well, he also got ran out of Georgia. Um, did he? Yes. Or if he was still there, he would have already taken Fromm's job. From no, him. Georgia, yes. Georgia, when they got rid of Mark Rick, they looked for any reason to get Eason out of there because he's not a homegrown okay, kid. Okay, but pump Correct. the brakes. Correct. Pump the brakes. Am I wrong? He yes. No, he I'm was, not. You're you're sort of wrong. Georgia wants so Georgia the about, kids. They want. Yeah, they want you're Southern right. kids. When he got hurt, when he got hurt, from played well, and that was that was the end. If he would have stuck around, from did not have a great middle of the season. They would have benched him uh, for I don't know, Eason. Man. I don't know. I guarantee it. They like them go, go on. boys there, man. I I totally get it. But you know what they also like? Winning. Winners. Yeah, I hear you. We like we like we to like win. to win. So, so either way, um, running out of town is is too hard of a word for me. They were looking to get Fromm in there. Um, but if Eason doesn't get hurt, you don't hear from Jake Fromm, and Jake Fromm's probably transferring to Ohio State instead of that other guy. Yeah, and I think they messed up on that one because I think that other kid's better than Fromm. Yeah, Fromm has shown some some pimples. Yeah, pimples. So, yeah, you know, he's a pubescent kid, right? I don't think so. No, he's over that? I think he's 20. W- okay, warts. Is that a better word for sure. you? Sure. Cool. Um... Yeah, so we'll see. I'm excited to see who they decide to bring in for uh, to take over that wide receiver job. Mario. I wonder if, if it happens, I wonder if they're going to uh, anoint that person the co-offensive coordinator. Or I think, does Chris I, Peterson get more involved in the offense again? Um, or does he just hand over the reins to Bush? I th- Man, I don't know. Um, it's a good question. You kind of you can't hand it over to Bush quite yet. Not if they're talking about retooling the the playbook, right? Yeah. You kind of have to. Yeah. Well, I've seen some people say, "Well, why don't you just why don't you put Bush Hamden as the wide receivers coach and hire a new OC?" I'll tell you why that's not going to happen. If if that happened to Bush Hamden, where would he go? Elsewhere, yeah, he could go back to the NFL. Yeah, he could take any job he wants. He's not going to take a demotion. Yeah, nor should he. No, I mean we hired him as the he, offensive. He had coordinator. a lim- he had a limited offense. It's really easy to trash offensive coordinators because we get the gift of hindsight. Yeah, it's a lot harder. That that's a, a that was a very limited offense in a lot of different ways, um, and there were some things that he did that I didn't agree with. But I don't think it's it's worth losing his job over or being demoted over for one season. We yeah, I mean we've been we've been judging offensive coordinators since the start of time, right? It happened. It's the it, easiest it, one it, to yeah, do. Yeah, right? it happened with Jonathan Smith. It's happening with Bush Hamden. Yeah, G- give the guy a couple of years. You might be surprised. You know, 
you got a good quarterback coming in. He can in. recruit. You got a good, tell you yeah, that. you got a good running back coming in. You got a couple good running backs here now. You know, give, give the guy, you got Trey Adams coming back next year. So you got it. You know, you got you got good offensive linemen. Just give the guy a chance. Right. You know, I mean, if if he struggles again next year, then maybe you start to ponder it a little bit more. But it was his first year. Well, we'll see. You know, uh, I'm wondering if Kyle Ford will come available. Um, it sounded like at the end of his recruitment, it was it well, it was USC, Oregon, and Washington. And apparently, he said that Oregon was his second choice. But he chose USC because of Cliff Kingsbury, who just today signed a contract to become Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals' new head coach. So you know, I don't, I don't think that players pick USC for the coaches. I think he definitely. I just listened to an interview and he talked about that being the reason why he came. Just every time USC gets a recruit, I, all I think about is, well, it's USC. Well, I, and I do too. Um, but when you're told it, it, these kids, these kids aren't stupid. They see that, it, you know, he was like, well, you know, they didn't have a good year, but they lost some close games. Um, and with Coach Kingsbury coming in, the way that he's developed, developed wide receivers, I feel really good about it. And, you know, I, I don't think I, I, he, he told me he was going to be here and I trust him and I haven't been lied to yet. So I just wonder if things like that are, are going to sour his taste. Um, if he's at USC, you know, I, I don't really blame kids for, especially Southern California kids wanting to go to SD. I would, if I was trying to be developed into a, uh, if I was a offensive player, I don't know if Washington would be my first choice um, at the wide receiver position because they really haven't, well, I don't know. John Ross and, and Dante Pettis were great, but they haven't really done anything since those two. Yeah. So I don't know. If I'm a defensive player, there's no way you're keeping me out of Washington if I'm one of the best in the country. Yeah. You know, it, when I saw that Kyle Ford committed to USC, my first thought was, why is anybody in, in the world picking USC right now with their coaching situation? Their it's last, dumpster fire. Their, yeah, it, it is a dumpster fire. You're right. And... The only thing I could think of is you have Washington and even Oregon staring you in the face that is relevant. Heck, even even Pullman, man. Pullman's been more – Pullman's had USC's number over the last three years. So right. as a top recruit, I understand you're going to get exposure to the NFL anyways at USC as a wide receiver just because they have that – that niche of putting right. receivers in into the league, and they have. But it just baffles me that, with, like you said, with USC being a dumpster fire, why any, why anybody, any five star kid is even glancing at them? Because the last thing I'm doing is taking a call from USC if I'm a college recruit right now, and I'm obviously I'm a little bit biased because. I'm a Husky fan, and I am on a Husky podcast, and I'm dedicated. And you're not from Southern California, yeah. But it, it just if I just if my kid was getting recruited as a as a football player, I would don't even sniff USC, don't even touch them. You you, you Arizona Arizona State Arizona whatever fine if you want to choose them choose them. Don't pick USC. Don't do do not do that with where their program is right now. It's horrible. If if let's say that you know I was in Southern California and my son was uh, a five star recruit, he could have his pick of any school, and he wanted to stay in California. Why wouldn't you send him to UCLA uh, if you had to choose between those two? Chip Kelly with that offense. And where their campus is and where their program's headed. Yeah. Get me in there, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean so. Stanford. Stanford's has I yeah. mean they they had a bad year, but they've been relevant for ten years now. And you know, the connections that you can get, I, I know of a player there who, you know, might not be getting the the reps that he wants, but 
the amount of connections that he's gotten because he's at a school like that, um, he's not going to hurt to find a job if it's not in football. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, that's a really big deal. And that's actually one of the really big selling points that Chris Peterson has about Washington. Of course, Chris, Chris Peterson is a very stand up guy and he's not going to go into Kyle Ford's room and be like, look, man, USC is a dumpster fire. They don't, you know, their, their AD doesn't know how to be an AD. They don't have a president. Uh, they're, offensive coordinator was here for three days he doesn't do that he talks about his program and one of the things he talks about is the connections that you can get through uh being a an alumni of uh, the university of washington and the connections that you can have in the business world yeah i mean that's the right way to recruit you might lose out on yeah because you're not paying you know you're not playing money well and you're not playing the politic game either you know chris peterson's oh my gosh did you read the, speaking of that, did you read that Alabama piece they had on Ali Keho? No. Oh, man. Every word of it was just seeped in lies. It was one of the worst articles I've ever, it was straight up propaganda. They, they basically said that Washington hose jobbed him because they didn't tell him that he needed another, um, another language credit even though everybody in the entire world that went to school knows that you need two years of a foreign language to graduate yeah. I... and you know and then they, they don't even you know of course they're not going to mention the fact that he said he wanted to move closer to home and then he then goes to Tuscaloosa yeah um, or that his dad was you know getting a divorce and was sniffing around for money and, and unfortunately you know that's that's a reality and university of washington isn't going to do that no under this under this guy no um i'm did, salty did he play so i was kind of happy to see him did he play at all in the national championship uh i'm sure he did i didn't watch it that closely i was wrestling with my son yeah yeah uh 2019 um we're looking forward to it uh we might put out some stuff from time to time uh we got some stuff in the works uh, we'll do one after the signing period in February and just kind of see where our projections of where this 2019 class is going to go to the 2018 class. uh, Thank you for those who are leaving early for the draft. Thank you. You guys make fall Saturdays more fun. Good luck to everybody that ends up in the NFL or or in the working world. Yeah. Thank you guys. Uh, Like Trev says, man, uh, fall Saturdays, I get zero production done around the house because of you so i appreciate it <laughs> so does his wife <laughs> that's good just get his wife is an, a really really big husky fan as well so they, they they're unproductive together but I, I knew what you were saying yeah all right man go dogs go dogs